How's my poker night? Stingo, yeah. Stingo. Let's all come on and take a look, all right? What hope have you got? Huh? Come on, put one in your head. All you got is attempted robbery. Armed robbery. All right, armed then. Uh, nobody's been hurt. Release the hostages. Nobody's going to worry over kidnapping charges. The most you're going to get is five years. You get out in one year, huh? Kiss me. What? Kiss me. When I'm being fucked, I like to get kissed a lot. Come on, come on, come on. Man, George, your mother's an astronaut. Oh, we talked about your mama. for the Internal Revenue Service. Bill? Huh? Could we lower just the house lights? Keep everything else on, just shut those off. And everything's off. Hello? Hello? Fun bucket. Fun bucket? Hello? Out to get the mayor. Cry in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Shit's made up. Yeah. From, from, from Beyond. That's not our real movie. That's, yeah, that isn't our... That's actually from Beyond. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Frankie and Johnny, come on. That's not real. <laughs> Meet Joe Black. You know that's, that's real. You know yeah. that one's real. <laughs> that, that unfortunately, yeah, oh, too real. <laughs> you know that one too well. You dream of Joe Black I, showing up I, with I, peanut butter. It has a. Its footprint is too it, big in the, my um, brain. We just discovered at dinner a moment ago. The baby might have a mild peanut allergy, a little oh. splotchy in the face. So uh, stay away from her, Joe Black. Joe Black, if you touch Donald's Actually, daughter, um, stay away. Yeah. Stay away from her, just in general, Joe, Joe, Joe Black. Black. I will, I will pick your ass. I feel like Anthony Hopkins here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jeff. Oh, man. Yeah, Although, feel... is it worth it if I can make a deal to do a sweet uh, IRS sting, fake IRS sting operation? <laughs> what a great, uh, like, like sub-crescendo in that movie. We're like, yeah, yeah. That's like the third, one of the major third act climaxes is... <laughs> This guy getting his comeuppance by them pretending to be IRS. It, 
You, wow. you get the angel of death as one of your thralls. Iron Brass is the best. He's the best. God bless me. I know. So I love him so much. I want to become my grandfather. I know. Just not like have a chat, man. Like, tell us. Tell, tell he's us about alive. the wars. We, we, gotta hunt, we gotta hunt him down. He's he's reclusive, though. Ugh. He's very reclusive. Ugh. Takes like a Paul Thomas Anderson to get him out of the house. <laughs> we don't have PTA Paul. That's true. Hello, and welcome to the 100th annual award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career, and maybe a little bit more. I'm Don Saunderson. And uh, a tip of the hat to the audience, I'm Patrick Kremion. Wow. Uh, I see where we got ties and tails. Ties and tails. (laughs) I've got grads. multiple <laughs> multiple cummerbunds. Yeah, we uh, we we got two Fred Astaire's. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my, my... for you know a look back. I wish we should we should do one of those like clip episodes. You know, oh. like they, how they always do. Like, man, can you believe this happened to us? But um, boom, and go back in time. <laughs> We're talking about like the set bear or something like. That. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah, the oh my god, OG, this OG joke, set bear, uh, set bear, some other stuff we talked about. Little mouse <laughs> under my name, George under uh, my hat. Yeah, just like Stingo, just in general. Ooh, flaps, flaps. I mean, a lot of stuff from the street season. <laughs> yeah, just all the street stuff. Lost our mind and. In... <laughs> Modeling adult contemporary movies. <laughs> oh man! Oh, do you want to? Do you want to first Academy Academy stat? We could get that. We should probably let everyone know this is the 100th episode. It's in the title, mm. and we're just gonna be hanging out today, doing some stats, doing some uh, question and answer between the two of us. Thank yeah. you all. Thank you to the audience for zero questions. <laughs> yeah, we're just uh, look. Let's. I'm I'm moving. Don Don helped his brother move. I also I also got COVID. Yeah. Oh no, he reveals it all. Uh, I, I think I, all. I'm going to reveal too is that we've never been plugged in these microphones at oh, all. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> this is just between you and I'm not real. Oh, that would be so funny. I, if I was up. just in like an <laughs> insane is, asylum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. Yeah, I'm a podcaster. I love they love talking, me. talking about movies with my old friends. Got one audience guy in Alberta. Don Saunderson, you murdered Don Saunderson seven years ago. <laughs> I love like even in my crazy, insane dreams, I only get like fifty listens. They're realistic. They're realistic. In some fra- ways, some ways, fantastical. Other I'm a pragmatic ways, psychopath. Yeah. It's like I, I haven't done enough work on social media. I know I don't have enough listeners. Oh, should I have a TikTok? <laughs> we haven't gotten John Gabris as a guest yet. It's not working out. Yeah. I've read about my ability to get Will Hines. I've heard about it, but it hasn't come true. <laughs> He's eluding me. He's my, my paramour, Will Hines. My white whale. You said it. Yeah, he's like he's like at home, and you're like, "I made this for you, Will." It's four hundred <laughs> episodes of this movie podcast. What an insane, oh. what an insane person to go insane for. That's really fun. He'd find that funny. He would. He would. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's flattering. So, 
100th episode. We got some fun questions and answer. We got some stats. Let's get into it. Here are these stats. I don't know any of these stats. We wrote our questions separately. So we got surprises in the works for each mm. other. Maybe oh, yes. maybe for the guy in Alberta. Maybe for Will Hines. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> He's one of our listeners. We get a letter from him. Don't mention me again. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Get your mouth out of your words out of your mouth. <laughs> He's like, I get to go on Comedy Bang Bang regularly. <laughs> Way yeah. better than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a double. I've guested on the the Doughboys twice. <laughs> I know. I've been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can't even sniff the fucking Doughboys. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough inside podcast baseball. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's hear those. What, what's your first stat? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna say, um, our most. The most time we've spent watching one film. Okay. Sophie's Choice, 604 minutes. 604 minutes. We watched. I could have watched watched Severance finally. (laughs) Yes. And I still think about Sophie's Choice. I saw, like, fairly often. I don't know about you. Like, I didn't think of it. It's a good movie. It's not bad. Like, I don't think we liked it at first. But with, you know, time comes fond memories and, you know, thinking about the pink room, thinking about Kevin Klein, um, composed like uh, conducting the mm-hmm. symphony in front of those uh, windows, Stingo and the spam. Lots to mm-hmm. remember. Lots to remember about that. Yeah, I went through and I, I, I just tallied up, you know, I had it tied as with, you know, our other finalists we of movies we watched four times. Mm. You know, because we also took a look at um, Florence Foster Jenkins four times. That is crazy. <laughs> we watched Dog Day Afternoon and Serpico four times. Man. And naturally, we watched New Jack City and White Men Can't Jump four times. Yeah. I mean, you know what's so weird is that of the four timers, the movies that like, even though they're not the best ones, the ones that like stick in my head the most are Florence Foster Jenkins and New Jack City. Yeah, like I, I think they, about those the most. They they're pretty tattooed, along with you know things like Geely. Oh yeah, <laughs> tattooed, Good God, tattooed yeah. on my mind. Yeah, tattooed like a, like a horde scar. But I mean, <laughs> we, yeah, we talked about it before we came on. We have covered, folks, one hundred and fifty-one movies in regular episodes, in depth. Probably the best coverage of all of all of these movies ever. Yeah, one would say. I mean, you know, one could argue. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, here's something we have that no one else, like, no one has covered Thursday's game. As well as we have everything from Thursday's game to Thief of Hearts to Sophie's Choice to Gallo Walkers. It's happened on this show. If you yeah, in terms of like width, in terms of like breadth of, of cinema, like we t- we cover it all. Yeah, from, I mean yeah, from... we're talking girls trip to Hong Sang Su. <laughs> <laughs> yes. From introduction to jingle all the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those are really the two poles of cinema. Yeah. Introduction, jingle all the way. That's the two 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 levels of cinema one could be on. Uh yeah, it's been like it's been wild just looking back at this list of movies and I mean I can't believe 151 movies. And just like and you're right, the breadth of them is super fun because it's like, you know, we have had the chance to do everything, you know. The Thursday's games of the world all the way to Avatar. Yeah. Like we've you done the, the biggest and the small and you know, uh Although I did, I did bring up your shirt idea about Thursday's game shirt to Jen. Yeah, she was like, "What's Thursday's game?" I was like, <laughs> "Exactly." <laughs> I know that's 
that's so good. And it's just like a perfect, you just look at that design. That's a great, for those who aren't in the know, the poster for Thursday, which is, I guess, like, it's more like a DVD cover. It must be just a DVD cover, because it's not like this was ever released in theaters. Uh, it's it's like Thursday's game, and then it has, like, a card. Like, it must be, I think it's like a Joker card or whatever. Card. The two Jokers. They're two damn Jokers, these two, two damn guys. Jokers. And, like, on one, you know how, like, the card always has, like, the guy on one side and the guy on the other? Like, the mm-hmm. king has, like, a top and a bottom. So the top king or the top Joker is... Uh, Gene Wilder kind of laughing to the gods and then on the bottom is just Newhart kind of giving you a sly smile. Yeah, like, and I think you summed it up. It's like, that's us. Yeah. Yeah, it was the closest to that's us we've ever found is a wild <laughs> man with curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, a, and an older man looking <laughs> looking skeptically onward. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, I guess this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is my fate. But yeah, I mean, it's been like it's been it's been so much fun, and I. But there are a lot of lingering, um, lingering questions. Yeah, I think about you know, you know where we've been, where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and my first question to you, Patrick. Um, you know, we talked. We just talked about the breadth of the show and all the different movies we've covered. But we have not covered everything. Mm. What is your what is a dream topic? Oh. That's a great question. A dream topic. You know, there's so many. I feel like every other day I'm like texting you like some dumb. I like it's like, let's do uh, Michael Ritchie movies or like I think I did like, mm. what was it? Michael Ritchie. And then uh, there was like another Michael or another Ritchie. <laughs> it was going to yeah. be like a Michael and Michael. Oh, I still like your um, the Ron's Shelton Underwood. Oh, I think that yeah. that's a really nice. uh really nice package there we might have to do that i would love to do the ron underwood ron shell because those two are such interesting mid-tier directors i think like um i would love to do more deep dives into like i feel like scott scott is kind of like the peak of what we're doing because mm-hmm. they're in some ways they're kind of like the king of the mid-tier or like you know the beginning of like you know prestige cinema they're kind of they kind of like both uh flirt in both worlds to a certain degree. Yeah, but they are as like, they do give that kind of like mainstream quality to like, I think one of the, one of our bread and butter spots is this idea of the movie ass movie. Yes. <laughs> and it ended around 2001, <laughs> give or take some yeah. slip through the cracks still, but kind of like, Oh, why not? Let's do a neo-noir or why not? We got a sci-fi movie here or a romantic comedy or something like that. We got yeah. a couple stars. They're available. <laughs> yeah, like the, the type of movie that like mom and dad would get a, a babysitter to watch. Well, it's it's and that's something that's come up so often on the show is just kind of like oh, my dad watched that all the time or grandpa watched that all the time. or oh, That's one of my mom's favorites. Like those, those are a lot of our kind of movies. Yeah, no, totally. That's actually that's see, that'd be a fun idea is just doing all of our parents favorite movies. Yeah, we do a quick, uh, quick poll five, like five each from each of our parents. Yeah, like mom's <laughs> choice and dad's choice. Yeah, or whatever. that's. Ooh. Oh boy, let's talk about Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I would say like, yeah, just another like, there's so many fun mid tier directors that we haven't really like covered in depth that I'd like to like, you know, read about or learn about more. So something. Yeah, along I think those uh, I think you know we we've obviously gone in the world of Hong Sang Soo and done some oh. Scorsese's and stuff like that, but I think like um, what we really really like on our show are kind of the craftsmen. Mm-hmm. 
like they're there is like by saying mid-tier that it's not a um no it's not not at all and not a negative by any means yeah. it's just about like you can put together a solid really solid piece of entertainment that's infinitely watchable and it's almost like i want to like vindicate people that have been like previously like you know I want mid-tier to become a positive thing, not a negative mm-hmm. thing. Like, I think people should view Ron Shelton in, like, perhaps a higher light. I mean, and there has been, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I feel like, you know, people in the know kind of know that he is a, ma- a a filmmaker of quality. But I think if you've ever tried to write a movie or really get into movies, it's like something like White Men Can't Jump or something like Midnight Run. You realize these are really hard movies. Yeah, like really, like to hit a home run like these guys did, because there are a lot of bad versions mm. of both of both those movies, <laughs> and those movies, you know, every get, you know, we didn't have a guest from Midnight Run, but everyone who watched Mid- White Men Can't Jump with us was like, "This was a good time." Yeah, <laughs> this is a really good time. It's yeah, it, and it has the he he figured out the secret sauce. He has that formula down pat, like mm-hmm. the, the 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 perfect like. There's a perfect amount of like character interaction. And the stakes are well developed. Like, yeah, it's just I think like that's like a that's difficult to do in cinema. I think the thing that really crosses every kind of movie we've liked, whether it's you know Midnight Run all the way to like Tommaso, mm-hmm. is sincerity. Mm. Like we don't like movies that are not that feel <laughs> a little surfacey. You know? I mean, oh like, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, there's nothing like no diss to these movies, but I'm just like staring down Brooklyn's finest right now. Ugh, as being a little more yeah. paint by numbersy, and we didn't really like love that one as much no, as yeah. you know, or the difference between like, you know, I think like Mario Van Peebles movies, like badass, yeah. is so like personal and sincere that it's impossible not to be kind of charmed by it. That's yeah, that Mario Van Peebles is so fascinating to me because like a lot of his movies are like, I think all of his movies you could make an argument are like flawed to certain extents. But because of that, like, you know, that, that, because you can, yeah, his personality just totally shines through. Like, Mm -hmm. then he, he, there's so clearly a weird message he's trying to impart upon, or not even a weird message, it's a normal message. It's it's this, like, ultra, like, it's very, like, ultra sincere. Like, getting back to that, it's like, you know, he, like, I mean, we go back to him showing up to try and solve a case while wearing a baby Bjorn. It's like I'm a father. Yeah. I'm trying to get this crack off the streets. You know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, it is it's a, like I believe him. I believe yeah. him. You and it's crazy, but I believe you. It's so funny. And that's like something he shares with Hong Sang Soo, too, yeah. in a weird way. And that's so insane. These two guys who like have such different goals with their films. Mm-hmm. But they both have that aching sincere yeah, seeing like sincerity and how filmmakers like like uh demonstrate that sincerity so demonstrate like whatever truth they want to prov- uh impart yeah and i think that pretty much down the line the ones that have impressed us the most are either those or if it's just like like you know going back to like you know wildcats mm-hmm. just a fun time <laughs> like you know oh, wildcats yeah, no, is just like that, or true. passenger 57 and drop zone just you know enjoyable well i <laughs> think yeah, well, those movies are honest in a different way. I think they're yeah. honest in the sense that they know what they're getting in. I think honesty, maybe, that's the thing. Yeah. Because you can be honest through sincerity, or you can be honest through intent. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think what rankles us is Brooklyn's Finest, a movie like that, which, you know, it had. there's things in it I like, but it's... 
even if it's trying to do it, it, it doesn't achieve what it, it can't cash the check. It's trying to, to, you know, it's not, it's not, it, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't like make the, it doesn't, the uh, goal it's trying to reach. It just, it doesn't reach that goal. I'm saying, I wish I could say that in a better well, way, but you get there is kind of like, you know, there is this element to some of the, you know, something like that. Or, you know, we can talk about like Righteous Kill as another example of that. That just is like you're trying to check these boxes rather than like, you know, like our friend Al Pacino, season two, season two king. You know, you watch something like the documentary Babylonia where he's talking about acting and just like you know, yeah. being a man. But it's like like finding that passion and madness to fight and find truth even in the craziest and weird and taking the weirdest biggest swings possible you know i think it's that's what you could see through yeah. even it, it could be like a very neatly plotted movie like uh midnight run midnight yeah. run is like a swiss watch oh dude yeah like beats and moves and like you know revelations and that kind of thing too you know something while you know goof like a modern romance which is just a pure comedy mm. but a pure comedy that like albert brooks's it is just on the table yeah know? and he's just he puts it out there he, yeah, like, he, yeah yeah he puts it i mean that's what's all about in this life and that's like the scariest thing is vulnerability uh yeah and like our favorite people that we've met across the way here tend to be the most vulnerable that's publicly true. vulnerable people. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I, yeah, it's vulnerability, on, and heart, painful I get, honesty. And I get the feeling like, and we've also met people like Martin Brest and James L. Brooks who got smacked around a bit. Yeah. For the, and Mario Van Peebles who got smacked around a bit for their vulnerability and how they react to it. You know, not everyone is Martin Scorsese who like can turn around out of getting smacked around a bit and like drop a you know, a bomb masterpiece. <laughs> you know, yeah. like some guys, like Geely, it's like Martin Preston. I, I understand his like his like. I'm rich. Fuck yeah. this, <laughs> and I'm walking away. You know, I'm like I'm gonna spend oh, time totally. with my family. Like I can't deal with this. I can't deal with all this crap. Well, and... what's, yeah. What's interesting too is that like Geely, that was like, you know, you even if it is vulnerable and honest, you can screw it up. Like yeah. I think like Geely is like. A movie all to anything oh god hugely so that's a movie that meant a lot to james l brooks yeah and then it got like you yeah. know they had that musical cut and they were like this is insane you better change it and he had to like gut his movie like before it was released or whatever and yeah and he never could find it he never found the secret sauce no He's coming off of like he found like and that's the thing it's like that's what makes something like Scorsese so extraordinary it's like he never lost it no he he didn't have like a moment in the sun where he put out like four top of the line movies then kind of drifted off drifted downward it's like he's he's still there which you know that's really hard to accomplish well, yeah well i think like he just i think he's very good at like picking stuff that's like important to him and he's good at like imparting that importance to the audience like yeah and he's also good at like 
just when he needed to becoming buddies with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He found the right guy. The right, but like, you know, yeah. he had the right guy, and then he got the next right guy. Like, <laughs> really help. Like, it really yeah. helps your cause when you have the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah, at, at kind of your beck and call. It, yeah, it would have been a bummer for him if he had picked like I don't know, like Josh Hartnett or something. Maybe his, the world would be different. Gangs in New York featuring new star Skeet Ulrich. Oh, yeah, see, I want the Skeet Ulrich cut. Yeah, I got the Skeet. Give me the Skeet Ulrich cut. <laughs> yeah, I want the Skeet cut. But I think, yeah, I mean, just like what we talked about with actors, how they can pick parts. Like you know, Meryl Streep's longevity is based around the fact that she has like this like really really stringent standard mm. for what she sees as like worthy of appearing in and it might be you know there's even like an element of elitism there because she doesn't do like you know, shit we like like cool action movies or yeah. horror movies or something like that but then like yeah she's also done a good job of you know uh because she doesn't do stuff that we like she's like avoided like the vod stuff the exactly. right there's no there's no righteous streep yeah there's no righteous streep and you know compared to our next two uh al and wesley yeah <laughs> She maintains a real, really high, high bar. Yeah, I mean, she has like one or two bad movies. Like, it's like the problem was pretty like hard to sit through. But I, but, but I, like the I like I get though the 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 the, the prom's intentions. Yeah, well, are so like properly liberal and good and decent. Yeah. that you understand why you would want to be a peer in that, even though it was like. A decidedly goofy movie. Yeah. Well, and then also, it's also like, you know, of course she'd do that because it's like, I think that's still like, even though it's like a movie that is not necessarily for me. Uh, and, be, you know, not because like all the, the intent of it is great, of course, but like, I think like part of it is that um, it's still the the technical quality side of things it still reaches her like level that. That, and i also yeah. think that she's just a unkillable theater kid and oh the yeah she's, to dance she is yeah because, well, you know <laughs> like, oh my god you know. oh this could you know this is a good segue to uh another one of my movie uh academy academy effects okay yeah here we go here i'm gonna give it to you so the number of MTV Movie Awards, our movies have won all 151, (laughs) is uh, 11, including a Best Villain MTV Music Video, or (laughs) Best Villain MTV Movie Award for Meryl Streep in Into the Woods. She won an MTV Movie Award for that performance. Wow, I wonder what the other movies that had bad guys in them that came out that year. Who, who is she up against? I don't know. Okay, let's look this up. I want to see because it is like movie is only a... good as its villain. Movies is only as good as its villain, and um, there must not have been a lot of villains that year. Yeah. It's a deeply weird award. I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, we don't got anybody. You know, can we give like a. Uh... Upon review, backtracking review to Wayne Grow and Heat or something like that. <laughs> Maybe it was one of those like awards where like you know Meryl Streep she's always nominated. Are she's like here because she loves coming to award shows. <laughs> okay, here it's the 2000 MTV uh, MTV Movie Award for Best Villain. It's 2015. So 2015. Meryl Streep she won for Into the Woods as the witch. Got it. Forgot okay. her character didn't even have a name. She's just the witch. Yeah. I guess she's she's like. 
the like the Hansel and Gretel witch. I don't know. Uh, she was up against Jillian Bell in Twenty Two Jump Street. Uh, Peter Dinklage in X Men: Days of Future Past. Forgot he was in that movie. Oh my God! Here are the next two. You ready? Oh, J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. <laughs> and Roseman Pike and Gone Girl. Wait, VMAs, man. <laughs> you know? Just make sure they're like... Alright, here's the list. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we're gonna pick our nominees this year. Here's a list of every movie that came out. Here's also a huge blood or tab of acid. <laughs> like, let's do that, and then we'll pick these guys. Let's pick some movies. Like, oh my god, no, I love the the 2014 one is Shamila Kunis won in 2014 for Oz, the Great and the Powerful. And then she she beat uh, Barkat Abdi from Captain Phillips. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch in Star Trek Into the Darkness. Michael Fastbinder in 12 Years a Slave. Jeez. And Donald Sutherland in The Hunger Games Catching Fire. What a deeply insane uh, award. Uh, I just watched um, Oz. Great and powerful. I gotta follow this up with something. 12 Years mm. a Slave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, what an insane... Like, you don't have... They always do that though, because it was like there was this like, okay, we got the the movies that teens actually saw, but we have to give ourselves this level of like, okay, we are actually a, an award show mm-hmm. that give out real awards for real things. So, mm-hmm. come on down, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, <laughs> get your get, get prepared to get slimed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Here's a surfboard. What? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the People's Choice Slink. I know. Oh, they're so confused. I'll never forget though uh, when Pulp Fiction swept the VMAs the year it came out, mm-hmm. and they finally won Best Picture. And Tarantino comes on stage. And he goes, "You have to hand it to MTV because it's the only award show where I can beat fucking Forrest Gump." <laughs> <laughs> You got it, yeah. You got it there. <laughs> uh, that's so good. God bless the MTV, uh, VMAs yeah, the, or whatever. Whatever. My goodness. Oh my god. But yeah. um, you know, on on award winners, mm-hmm. Patrick. Mm. Desert Island. You you you're you you're on the lost airplane. Oh no! Except, guess what? I'm with. It's not that mad. The only thing that's magical about this island. There's like a plug-in that you can plug your VCR <laughs> into a TV. Unfortunately, Wait, unfortunately, though, you only have one video. No. And it's a choice between Sophie's Choice, Dog Day Afternoon, and White Men Can't Jump. What video are you just going to watch endlessly? <laughs> uh, that's okay. actually, you know, look. Southeast choice, I love you. Yeah, you're I'm, out of I'm here. I'm floating you away, Wilson style. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm using you like Chris Chris Knopf's uh, shoelaces. I, if you got like if you were like wounded on the plane, you take out some of that video to use it as a wound wrap. Yeah. Oh God, so, like, I don't know if that'd work. That would be Not terrible. absorbent. Not absorbent. <laughs> Wasted. <laughs> then you discover the VCR and you're just bummed. That's like you're gonna watch the video. No. 
<laughs> I could have at least watched the fun trailers. Um, yeah, they probably had the trailer for, uh, I don't know, uh, what Heart Beeps. Been? Yeah, Heart Beeps. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, Andy Kaufman's back. Yeah. <laughs> Porkies. Uh, 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 but uh, you know what? I was thinking Dog Day Afternoon at first, but I have to give it to White Men Can't Jump. I think that's the yeah. that's the key. Mm-hmm. You want to be... You'd like to think yourself classy and be like, man, I can really discover a lot about human humanity. If I kept mm-hmm. Sophie's Choice or Dog Day Afternoon. But you're on a damn deserted island. You need, yeah. you need some entertainment. Give me White Men Can't Show. I need to just watch, yeah, I need to hang out with Rosie Perez and uh, the gang. And Woody Harrelson, <laughs> Wesley, of course, Wesley. Of course. Yes. Oh, man. What about you? You'd have to do White Men too, right? I think so. I think that's the only real option. Mm-hmm. I mean... You'd like to, yeah, again, you'd like to think you were classier. Mm-hmm. Be like, I'll take the art film here, you know, through <laughs> through. No, I want to just laugh as long as the movie's funny, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how long I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which is, I guess, forever. Oh, no. You know, I, well, I come back and, like, I get rescued and I just start, just start talking trash because that's all I have left. <laughs> Your mom wants. You're alive. Your mom wants to speak to you. Your mom's an astronaut. (laughs) Start wearing cool shirts and like double tank tops. I know. Yeah, I like. I fashion a double tank top out of like some coconuts or something. (laughs) (laughs) Coconut leather. Such a funny movie. Is like. You know how they always meet some freak who's been on the island longer in all these kind of movies? Yes. It's a guy who's just like watched Major League too many times. It's <laughs> always oh, real. He's cursed me. Jobu. 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 Brand Jobu. This isn't an island. We're in Cleveland. Or, or you get like a sports movie where they discover that guy and he's watched Major League so many times he's actually really good at baseball. <laughs> and they're like, we're bringing him to the big leagues. He's a psycho. Yeah, he's somehow <laughs> he's a total psycho. <laughs> From watching the actors play baseball poorly. <laughs> the announcer's like, this guy's weird, but he's really good at baseball. <laughs> he's a regular cut-up. They get him some glasses and he's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. Whoa, the glasses make him normal. Yeah, I know. Well, it's like in the teen movies about like um when when the girl gets like the makeover and it turns out she all she has to do is take off the glasses. Whoa, she's a babe. Yeah. <laughs> with this guy, it's the other way around. Puts on the yeah, glasses. Oh, I'm not afraid of having a conversation with him. Yeah. So who are you voting for? <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump. Oh no. oh no! Go back to the other. Wait, island. that's normal in this world. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Twilight Zone. Oh, what could happen geez. to you? The, the stupidest Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, the stupid Twilight Zone. That's stupid our stupid Twilight Zone. Isn't that what um, the Jordan Peele one's called? Nah, I'm just kidding. Oh boy, it's probably <laughs> it's probably good. I don't it's, know. Yeah, I I think we watched one of them. We watched one that Adam Scott was on. No, um, nice. But speaking of twists, um, mm. just in general, what has been the most surprising thing about the mm. show for you, Patrick? Oh, my God. The most surprising thing about the show for me. Uh, you know what? 
I will say, um, hmm, that's a really good question. Uh, I think like a recent thing that happened that was incredibly surprising was the movie that both of us voted for didn't win. <laughs> you know the 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 bracket. You know, yeah. we both voted for New Jack City, and White Men Can't Jump still won. Yeah, it was um, it was interesting. I wonder, I wonder how that bodes for future future seasons of this show. Yeah, like we did not agree with the uh, with, with the consensus, the, the consensus, which is odd. And like, uh, and no, I think like as much as I am pained to admit it, I think that might be the right. I think like White Man Can't Jump is like a better. It's a better movie, and it's more. It's going to stand the test of time longer, perhaps too. But I I still can't say that I voted incorrectly because I think New Jack City just has like that extra layer of insanity that I yeah. appreciate that, you know, White Men Can't Jump just does not have. No regrets. No regrets on that. I would. I mean, I think we'd feel regrets if we. <laughs> <laughs> I was, my next question is, is uh, has, has your dream new Beverly double feature changed? Oh, maybe. Oh man, I can't even remember my original dream new Beverly. I will say, I think last week's episode <laughs> would do it for me. Yeah. Flashdance oh! at Thief of Hearts. That would be so much fun. That'd be just a raucous time at the new Beverly. I think uh, you'd have a you'd have an interesting night. Thief of Hearts playing second too. Perfect. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like all the movies we've watched. I think like. Uh, Maybe like a a New Jack City, and I'm trying to think of what the craziest Mario Van Peebles. The other, I don't want to do badass. That one's like a good. And I'm not saying the other ones aren't good, but maybe like a Panther, uh, a Panther New Jack City could be interesting. Posse, Posse would be fun. That's like a fun movie to watch. I think. I bet it's fun. I bet it's funner with an audience. Yeah, alone it's kind of yeah slog a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Last temptation of Christ at Eternity's Gate. Walk out just thinking about um, thinking about life and existence. Yeah, her, her last temptation, doggy dog. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like an up and down, heaven and hell. Yeah, like but doggy dog is the kind of movie. Like doggy dog is with like Thief of Hearts is a movie I just want to keep promoting. Yeah, on, on this show, <laughs> like some discoveries that you know, along with you know our 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 Lord and Savior Thursday's game. But, mm. but I mean, we showed fear city at a movie night among other friends like a few weeks oh, ago yeah. and it just not blew the roof off the place. It's such a good movie. It rules. Like I want to do like, yeah, I want, there's so many movies. I just want to like show like even like Florence Foster Jenkins is like a fun surprise. Like that's mm-hmm. like a cool, like that's like, are there, um, here's a question. Are there any movies that have like surprised, Surprised you with their quality, but besides Florence Foster, because we all know Florence Foster Jenkins is like. Good, well, I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, going just going down the list in order here. I don't think I expected She Devil to be as funny Ooh, as yeah. it was. I thought it was just going to be kind of dated, but you yeah, know, and weird. Yeah, and still weird. hits. It still hits. Um, what it would be another another one I was surprised by. Let me see here. Um, it's a toughie. It, you know, I mean, 
Well, I think the late, like the later one, the Muse and looking for comedy in the Muslim world. Yeah, I'm really surprised that those were as good as they were. I really like the Muse a lot, and yeah. like even like looking for like that movie should have been just like capital B bad, just based on the name alone, and that movie's good. Like, it's yeah, I had a real good. like nervousness oh, going same into here. that one. Oh yeah, no, I thought it was like, oh, this is just gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm so nervous, but like oh. yeah. Yeah, and I think um, Drop Zone oh, is a really, really fun action movie. And then, you know, one I had seen before, but I just, I liked even more the second time was Girls Trip. Girls I Trip? It's it. like, I, almost everything we mentioned there was a comedy, too, which is kind of, that I mentioned there was a comedy. That yeah. I, think, I think that's where the skepticism was. Like, with the dramas, I think you'd like... I mean, I think like a movie like Brooklyn's Finest, I would put in kind of the more like, man, I was hoping for like a real home run there. Like, you know, you compare Brooklyn's Finest to I'd never seen Set It Off before and Set It Off. Oh, was that awesome. Was, that was an awesome movie. That was like in I knew that movie was good, but I didn't realize how good like that movie is just like a great movie ass movie. Yeah. 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 Um, and, I, and I think that that's like when they work like that, where it's just like, man, set it up right. Set it up, set it off. Good characters. You care about their what's going to happen with you know. Like we were, I watched this movie this morning called Watcher. It's a new mm-hmm. horror kind of movie. Oh, I've been wanting to watch it with Burn Gorman. And yeah, yeah. I love my boy Burn. Dark, Dark Knight Rises. He's the son of Rip Torn, Burn Gorman. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what a name, man. Yeah. But um, yeah. But basically, that one, like, as you're watching, you're like, man, I'm like, I know. I can telegraph. Like I was calling out kind of the beats and kind of the plot as it progressed in the movie, mm-hmm. but elegant direction, good scares, mm-hmm. good bad guys. I won't say much more than that because I don't want to spoil it. But um, the lead and the lead actress was great, and so it's like, oh, I feel comfortable here. Like I set it off. You kind of like, I mean, you knew like the journey. Oh, for that sure. They're probably gonna go down, but because they you put together like this enjoyable lineup and crew of people gave us good things to care about about them you know you're and it's really well directed yeah and, you know sometimes that's all you need for a movie ass movie that's like yeah all you want are like characters you care about and like you know solid direction and acting like if everything is kind of like a seven out of ten then the movie becomes like an eight like you know what I mean? yeah. like, like <laughs> yeah like the like the collectives total of all of its positive attributes can make up for you know like it's almost always um kind of cliches i guess would be the negatives in these kind of things Mm -hmm. but when they pull it off like you know like you know we rewatch midnight run and the way it just slowly builds their characters melting de niro down making Grodin more human and less annoying until they kind of meet in the middle for that final scene where they they find peace with each other and they they realize their mutual respect and caring for each other. It's really like lovely thing. Yeah. And you know the same way like I mean flip side of that Heat does something very similar where it's like you got to build these guys up. They got their on these opposing forces they're gonna it's gonna come down to something between yeah. the two of them and it's but it's like at the end it's just this like level of like you know man it had to happen we're here 
we kind of knew this was the way it was going to go, but it's operatic because you know, they always say that about like somebody said that in improv. I think it was Matt Besser was the one who was like, the audience knows where they want it to go. Mm. You kind of have to hit those beats, but how do you surprise them? How do you um, make it so fun along the way and make them feel a part of the game? Yeah. It's kind of the idea with it. Like, yeah, I know that somebody's around the corner about and gonna try and kill this girl or whatever. And that's what makes you scared because I'm a part of it. <laughs> so he, well, Hitchcock said it best. So you show a bomb under a table, mm-hmm. and then you cut out to show these two people having a conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't know it, but you're part of the game as an audience member. You know that there's a ticking bomb under the table. So what the hell's gonna happen with that ticking bomb? <laughs> and it's like perfect. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. That's a, a yeah. You want like that's how you build tension <laughs> to a T. Hundred percent. And it could be you know, and it the same for goes for horror movies all the way to comedies. Yeah, when it comes to that kind of thing. And yeah, you said it correctly. Where like it doesn't. Yeah, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to constantly like you know. Although like I do, that's like one thing uh, that I love about this podcast, and uh, one thing that um i've learned from some of the movies you've watched is uh how i do actually cherish filmmakers that like attempt to reinvent the wheel in a certain mm-hmm. degree like that hong sang su episode like it's not like any of those movies were like my favorite movies of all like they're great movies but i don't know if they're like my favorites of all but the fact that like he has a project and he is treating cinema in a very different way from anyone else you know, arguably like anyone else up until until this point, like, you know, on, you know, who else treated like maybe like there's people in like the silent film era that kind of had that same like mentality that he had towards cinema. But really, like, you know, the sense of like, you know, because what would you say he was like treating like it was like paintings? Like, was it um, um Rembrandt or who was the Ooh, artist? Cezanne with the um Cezanne, the exactly. The, the still life, like the fruit and stuff like that is yeah. what he, like, is his, like, knocked him on his ass. Exactly. And that's, like, so fucking cool. That's, like, and that's, you know, I know that's, like, a prosaic way of stating my uh, enjoyment of that. But, like, it's just, it's, it's awesome that, like, I know that there are filmmaking, like, that filmmaking can be done in different ways. Like, and that's, like, an awesome thing that, uh. I don't know. I wouldn't have known that before doing this podcast. Well, I think it's like, you know, being able to appreciate everything from right now, wrong then to broadcast news to the hunger mm-hmm. and everything, you know, in between. I think you it, it that's what's exciting is then that's kind of like I think the one thing we don't like on this show is kind of any attempt at to homogenize, define, yes. yeah. you know, what exactly this is. And there's nothing else from being that inflexible about it. You might not like Hong Sang Su, but you have to admit, like, it's cool that he's out there. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's like, you know, I was having a conversation with my mom and like, I have showed her like Tokyo story, like maybe like five or 10 years ago, a while ago. Mm-hmm. And she hated it at the time, but she was like talking about to me about how, like, uh, you know, it's one of those movies that she like thinks about from time to time. Mm-hmm. And she acknowledges that like, it is kind of a great film you know, for her, what she loved about that movie is, like, it kind of made her demonstrate how, like, you know, 
it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in we're all kind of going through the same family drama yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you know what i mean and so like that's what she that was her takeaway from that movie but like uh yeah like yeah, i think that's, that's like a common thing to like those kind of like a film like the real arty films mm-hmm. it's like because you are you know i think people being challenged especially in such a like publicly minded world of entertainment like movies or tv mm-hmm. can be a little like off-putting oh can be like sure. a little like and you get a little angry about it almost mm-hmm. but then of course it's like you know there was something i mean all, so many of the movies i loved the most like the first time i saw them i was like skeptical of oh for sure and then you kind of like sit on it, you think about it, you're like and there was something there wasn't it like, even recently, like, I mean, I thought it was great from the moment I saw it, but, like, every day that passes and I think about moments from Drive My Car, and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what, man? That guy's really onto something. There's, like, something really above and beyond by what he accomplished in that movie. Yeah. Or... It just, it's, it's, it sits with you and haunts you and, make you know, kind of, and does want to change, make you change your, you know, the way you see the world. Yeah, it's even like Phantom Thread. That's like a movie mm-hmm. that I actively hated, like going out of the theater. But then, like the more I think about it, like even if I didn't necessarily like agree with the, I guess like the you know the 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 log line of the movie or like the end game of the movie or whatever, like that finale of that film, uh, I can't help but like, you know, I can't. I, have to acknowledge that it's like a great movie like it that it and it has like a point and it has a you know it has something to it's saying something about a certain type of person and yeah yeah it might not be comfortable yeah that's the thing is like and it's like in something i think about too the more i think about that movie i realize that huh maybe that's like something on my end and not the movie's end like a movie can make make these points and they make you uncomfortable, but you know, and maybe I, that's like what makes the movie great. Yeah, making you re- it makes you reckon with I don't know things you've always. Sorry about that. I accidentally okay. muted myself. You got excited, man. <laughs> I was. Uh, but I think that like there's like when I back when I was a bit more of an article head, I read this piece about this guy basically was talking about like everyone I know likes Wes Anderson. I don't get him, therefore Wes Anderson sucks. Oh, fuck off with that shit. Well, no, but it was a mind blower to me because I was like, man, you cannot have that attitude. No. And yeah, it might not be for you. Like, I mean, and that's what I think. What you know, we get, we can get a little hard on some of the Marvels of yeah. the world on this show, but at the same time, if it's for you, man, you know, go with God. That's cool. Have fun. I, yeah, I genuinely <laughs> don't care. Like, yeah, like I feel like here's the thing, like. One day I'm going to like break my leg or have a heart attack and an EMT is going to like take me to the hospital. Right. And that hospital that, you know, the guy saving my life, he's his favorite movie is going to be Avengers Age of Ultron. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So like that's the yeah, that kind of like it's it's interesting. Like I was just talking with a friend the other day because, you know, I'm a fan of jam bands and like the Grateful Dead and stuff like that. Right. And back in when I was in high school the Dave Matthews band was a huge deal. Oh, right. right. Among, you know, I went to 
private Catholic high school. What do you expect? <laughs> you know, it, you know, everybody was super into it. Went and saw him. Dave. You going to see Dave this summer? And I and I kind of drank the Kool Aid, but then I started working at that record store, and I walk in, and all of the old ass people in the old ass, they're like ten years older than me or whatever. They like straight up told me right away, like, "Oh, you you didn't know Dave Matthews Band sucks." Oh no! And I was like, I I heard him out, and I was young and impressionable, and I was like, "Yep, you guys are fucking right. They do suck." And I like told my friends that who I'd gone to concerts with and stuff. <laughs> And I like bought into it. And then, you know, like a year ago with the baby and stuff, they come on. I'm like, not in my head. I'm like, no, I don't think that this is like the Velvet Underground. Yeah. There's not like, <laughs> yeah, a thousand bands didn't spring from uh, yeah. Dave Matthews' band but or I'm whatever. Like, <laughs> to have this like hot of an opinion about the Dave Matthews band one way or the other, it's kind of nice driving around in the summer and they're on. That, yeah. That's really all there is to it. And, that could be enough. You don't have yeah. to be a diehard super fan. You don't have to have hate in your heart. You I can just like, live with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not gonna end. Like, there are some things or some films I find like beyond odious, and I think they're like, like actually like spiritually carcinogenic. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and occasionally, like, I'll say that, and like, do I think some Marvel movies are like that? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, but you know, I think also. I guess at the end of the day, uh, will I say on a podcast something is spiritually carcinogenic? Sure. Will uh, if someone is like in line at Whole Foods, I'm having like a conversation with them for whatever reason, and they just happen to drop that like their favorite movie is uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, or something. I'm not gonna like, yeah, go. I don't with know. God. You You're know, I have God. a feeling <laughs> if their if their favorite movie is Venom, Let There Be a Carnage, they're a closet freak, and I might want to get to know them. <laughs> yeah, they might be a cool, dude. Actually, that's <laughs> not a good example. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that movie is definitely more fun than any Marvel for like, sure. <laughs> uh, Captain America: Civil War is my yeah. favorite movie. That I mean, that's like an insane. That was if, that one or the one with James Spader. <laughs> Now I know the Marvel movies, the one James Spader. (laughs) (laughs) That seemed very bland, but I don't know. We're not talking about that. It's okay. Be gone. Um, But I got a quick, I got a good question for you. Since we, you know, you and I, uh, since we started the show together, we've seen a lot. We've gone to the movies together a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, What's your favorite movie screening that you've seen that we've, that we've uh, hit up together? Do you think? Oh my God. You know, chopping wall was really good. (laughs) Uh, I got to ask a question. Uh, let's see. I think like we've had so many good ones together. Like all of them are really good. Like um yeah, they're all. There's never been a bad one. Yeah, there's a. Did we see um? I can't remember if we saw Once Upon a Time in China together. We did. Yeah. Yeah, that was that might be my favorite because that was just such a cool. Actually, you know what? Even before, what was the first movie we saw together? Was, was that... it Girlfriends? Before Girlfriends, I think it was oh. even. Was it Two Lane? Oh, maybe two lane blacktop cockfighter. That might be that, but like I think like there was something about that first time when we were in a movie theater and just like the electricity of being in a movie again. Because I was like, I think my because like first movie I watched at theater was Cruella because I just wanted to watch a movie. Yeah, that was that was it. I'm looking back at my archive of screenings and because that was the second month the new Bev had reopened. That was that was early July 2021. Yeah, I'd say it'd be the two lane. Uh, 
Blacktop, uh, Blacktop, Blacktop, uh, and uh, Cockfighter, because that was just like to have so many people just excited for movies. Like you can feel like the energy in the room. It felt, yeah, yeah, it felt crazy, and like yeah, it just it was just an awesome experience. And then like Once Upon a Time in China, like people were so like stoked and like people were like whenever like the evil Europeans came on stage people were just like he booing or you know booing and then whenever like some evil guy got punched out of a wall people were clapping like yeah I think it's like whenever like the whenever the new Beverly is hyped there there is a real energy to that when everybody's just kind of like I mean just absolutely going nuts yeah or like either if it's like a bad movie or like the like I mean like you know even something like China syndrome mm. or heat or um heat was great. Yeah, like but just kind of or even when we even something that is a little more downbeat like landlord last detail mm. or um Hollywood man. Oh, Hollywood man was really fun too. I mean, I there are like ones like there's one I saw without you like uh the the um the fast binder like world on a wire. Oh yeah. And that was like because occasionally like I'll see a new bev where like it's only like a half filled theater, and something about that makes it even more special. Where it's like, oh, yeah. I'm like sharing this like insane experience with like forty people. I'm watching a as a West German television miniseries on a Saturday night with forty other weirdos, and it rules. Yeah, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, yeah. This is my tribe. Yeah. Yeah. This is my... your tribe. But just kind of like, I mean, just, and even like something like, um, you know, we saw, I saw Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, the Almodovar movie with my brother there last Ooh, year. That's really and nice. Some of the bad behavior and kind of iffy stuff that goes down in that movie is like, you love it. You love it. When yes. Like a movie that's like 40 years old. You you see some it's, dangerous like, movies there. Yeah, that's like, and you're just like, oh, I don't know what how to feel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it's so. Should I be like clapping or? Yeah, I know. Leaving? It's like, is this icky? Is this thrilling? Like, and it's it is groovy and like, but I mean, also like, I mean, just recently though, I mean, Big Wednesday was a jaw dropper just yeah. recently and everyone was feeling it except for that one guy who fell asleep everybody <laughs> was feeling it in the theater and it was just like i i i can't like imagine like that part where jan michael vincent with the gray in his hair is leaving early in the morning and his wife comes out and she goes where are you going he goes, and just as innocent like he's 13 years old again goes i'm going surfing yeah. and then the music starts to swell and you're like where's william cat where's gary Busey? Is he going to do this alone? And that stairwell that gets more and more decrepit every season. Uh, and he walks down there by himself, and then they come in on either side of the frame. And I could feel it in the crowd. Everybody was just like, this is so great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to see this like climax come together like this. There were like, yeah, two or three movies we've seen there were like, it's like Rumblefish, uh, Wednesday. The What's... China Syndrome one was probably China, yeah. like, like That's the second incredible. Jack Lemon grabbed that gun in the third act. Oh my god. Everybody in the theater, you could feel it tensed up and just was like, oh my god. That movie... And then the dude in the front row jumping up and screaming, That's a fucking movie after at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just we've just seen some like incredible it just rules. It just and I, such... and I hope that I mean, I know this is like so LA centric, but if you're a listener across the country, it's like 
I hope that there's some place available in your town or start like a movie club with friends do yeah. it in your garage or something like that. I just got a projector. It wasn't hugely expensive. Patrick, you've seen it. It's great. It's cool. <laughs> it saw, gives, you, like, gives you everything you want. Yeah, like it. if you're watching like a 60s Kung Fu movie on it, it's like 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah man. 10 stars. Yeah, know? 10 stars. 10 I mean, like thumbs. we watched Riding Wrongs and uh, One uh, on Boxer, and they were both scalp rippers. Oh, my Being God. Like... Yeah, One on Boxer. Well, One on Boxer is the perfect movie because all you need in the movie are just a bunch of weird guys. <laughs> and, you know, one guy who can beat the weird guys. That's all the you second, need. The second the guy gets his arm chopped off by a karate chop, you're like, man, I have not seen this movie before. Let's keep this up. You and know? then... <laughs> when they take all the like plot, like all the expository like plot points, and just squish it into like a two-minute montage, I it, couldn't help but clap. I was like, "Yeah, this is cinema." It's, this, it's, yeah, it's just the purest cinema. So, like, I yeah, like if you can't like, you know, the Pure Cinema podcast does their new Beverly Calendar episode every mm-hmm. month. Listen to that. You can download or buy Blu-ray copies of almost any of these movies. Hang out with your friends. Watch them. Yeah. It's a blast. Or like, it's yeah, a, it, dude. 100%. Yeah, Sorry. you don't necessarily have to be at the cinema Yeah. for it. You can you can create your own cinema. Yeah, watch oh, movies. Yep. Sorry, god damn it. No, I'm sorry. I'm just excited too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, I was just thinking of like, um, like I remember like when the quarantine was happening, I was doing like Netflix parties and like those type of things. And some of those movies you can find on Netflix. For I other went to, ones. Oh, I went to your Oakja party. Yes, I did. That was my inaugural one. Probably shouldn't have done that as my inaugural. It's great. Great movie. Do... Oh, Oak just slaps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Excellent it's... movie. Oh, man. Yeah. And then we did, what is it, like the Grinch afterwards? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, some very Patrick choices followed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Two month window where you thought The Firm was the funniest movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was a firm freak for so long. <laughs> firm is such an Academy Academy movie, too. Yeah, Mike, what saddest movie? Nah, I'm just kidding. Saddest, mo- saddest movie. That is a good question. <laughs> Actually, if you want to, what is like? I don't know. What, what do you the think saddest... is the saddest movie here? Oh man, that we've hard... covered. Um, Boy, I would argue, we Clint in the Rain, in Bridges of Madison County. Ooh. Oh, and I think you. I mean, I'm going to keep looking at this list, but you might want to share some hot, hot news about visiting some of those bridges oh my god yes so like here's the thing i did because of this podcast that that rules and is insane is i i got to like visit the bridge from the bridges of madison county i was in iowa for a wedding uh shout out to my friends uh abe and k now married and they're very cool and good uh but uh i was just like in iowa i was in des moines and i was like you know what the bridge from the bridges of Madison County is only like, you know, it's like less than 30 miles away. I'm going to like pay a lift to like drive <laughs> me there and then drive me to the Iowa State Fair. And so I drove all the way. I got this dude to like drive me to like the middle of nowhere. And straight up, it's the bridge from the bridges of Madison County. Uh, I believe it's like the Rosemont Bridge, if I remember correctly. And you, uh, you know, I took a picture of it. Should have taken a picture of it with myself. I was a fool. But uh, the better thing, the cool thing is that um, there's like a gift shop 
at the bridges of Madison County Bridge. There's, a, there's like one lady. It must be her house too or something because there's a gift shop in the, by this bridge and it just get, sells like bridges of Madison County memorabilia. Crazy thing, it's Francesca. It's Francesca herself, Meryl Streep. Oh no, oh no, Francesca. Oh no, you still have flaps within you. The spirit of flaps haunts you. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I did. I've got to say, this, this is an Academy Academy Award uh, announcement. I got I got Don a T-shirt. Oh, nice. <laughs> I asked for his size, and can't wait to see it. Oh yeah, I can't. I'll I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you when I see you next. But oh, it's a good man. it's a good you shirt. See me and... out about in the Bridges of Madison County shirt, and I I, I will rep that. I, I love the film. Oh man, um, oh it's the, the the saddest movie. The biggest tearjerker is clearly Terms of Endearment. Yeah, I'd say it's either that or Sophie's Choice. Those are the two yeah. big ones. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Surely McLean of that hospital scene where she's run around screaming at the oh, nurses. Oh God, it's so grim. <laughs> that is like, such yeah. Bring it, the kids. Bring in Jeff Daniels for forgiveness. It's like scene after scene, hot scene after hot scene of like sad cancer death. And it's so <laughs> beautiful and kind of funny. And then when Nicholson shows up at the hotel to comfort her, uh, it's a banger, folks. If you don't yeah. watch that one, it's watch that great, movie. That's a great movie. That, you know, it's so funny because I feel like that movie, I don't know, it doesn't get guff necessarily, but like I feel like some people think it's like, Maybe it's like too heartstring pulley or like it's mm. too but like dude, it works perfectly because like they build everything so well and then they 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 hit the house of cards down. Like they I feel like they earn their their heartstringiness. Does that make sense? Like I feel like yeah. they earn the cancer. Like they earn <laughs> I, <laughs> I will say though that I, I tear up every single time Charles Grodin tells Robert De Niro he'll see him in the next life. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I know it's so funny. It's like, and I think it's because of De Niro, because I've never seen De Niro like care about another human being in a film like he seems to care about Charles Grodin at the end of that movie. It is so funny because he is like in his like taxi driver like frame. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's like always, that wise like, guy. He, yeah, but he's always a psycho. Yeah, in a good way. Like I, we love you, Bobby. Oh, we love you. Yeah, <laughs> he's always the fan. Bobby, always, Bobby. 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 I got some poetry to recite for you, Bobby. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, but it's funny that he like, like I'm trying to think. I we we never watched Falling in Love with him and Streep, which was like an actual romantic movie. Huh. But De Niro it does not play like like many of those guys of that generation. Uh, Romantic leads. Although, like, if you think back, most of the 70s um, mm. new Hollywood guys made dudes rock movies. Oh, for sure. I mean, these are about sweaty dudes doing stuff with other sweaty dudes. <laughs> Culminating in cruising, of course. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, and like, I, I think like romance outside of, you know, you know, the only person of that era who actually did a lot of romantic movies was Woody Allen. Um, but, you know, mm, he, is, yeah. he is, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think movies like, you know, like Modern Romance or um, Lost in America or um, probably the king shit of them all, Broadcast News, mm. doing like romance and like human relationships and going to kind of that more sensitive place. We have seen quite a few of those. We've seen some weird ones, too, like, you know, 
starting over Thursday's game, for instance. Yeah, Arthur, or Arthur. Spanglish, author, author. Spanglish, oh man, Spanglish. I was trying to think. I don't like. I didn't want to ask the question of what's our least favorite movie because that's like a crass question to ask on a mm. show like this. It's uh, not really in the spirit of our operation. Yeah, we're every much. I think that there, but I think Spanglish is so rough because I don't. I think that like. And all because, like, he had some, like, hatred for the Tia Leone character. Yeah. And it just, like, brings this poison to the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's ugly. Yeah. You wish, like, well, and it's also, like, it's just a movie that, like, you see the potential because James L. Brooks is so good at crafting these character. And it's a great Sandler role. Yeah. Too. Like, it, it's right up his alley for stuff he can do. Yeah, but it just it just never yeah it doesn't deliver. It's yeah it's a bummer. Uh, I would say the most disturbing movie we watched. Oh, not from beyond. Surprisingly enough, mm. it's clearly Paternal. Yeah, that movie. <laughs> Paternal was, yeah. Paternal yeah. was the most unsettling movie we watched. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's like it's yeah, it's not well bad. Made, strong well made. movie. Yeah, but, but like it's yeah it's never it's, again. Never although again. like man, Phil Spector comes pretty close. Like that's, that's for differing reasons. Barry Levinson understands the true horror of the story. David Mamet seems to sympathize with Phil Spector. Just like, oh god. You know what's worse than murder? The fucking liberal media. <laughs> I, I see that as a weird, like David Mamet, like reader like i read his plays like he's great on a no. yearly basis i actually go back to some of his plays and watch spanish I, prisoner recently yeah. great movie yeah lunatic though oh totally yeah something happened he, he got brain ruined he yeah <laughs> yeah in a weird yeah, way but yeah, uh something yeah but yeah. paterno is definitely the most disturbing like yeah that's pretty under the skin nasty uh also know? like because it's a true story and it's like Ugh. and i think Pacino's actually now that i'm thinking about it, though he's really great in playing this guy who like you don't know if he's this doddering old man or this like evil win at all cost yeah guy and it's never really clear uh but he's like playing both sides really well so it leaves you unsettled completely about like and then that scene where his like large sons oh get in his God. face and they're like dad what did you know <laughs> like it's just oh like he's Ooh. even lost his large sons yeah like, he lost his largest of son, the largest son <laughs> large son down large son down <laughs> yeah. it's such a uh Ugh. Ugh, yeah, I, no, mean, I never want to see it again. Yeah. It wasn't skeezy in like a oh no, 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 no. kind of way. It was just like this horrible true story that, and then all those like kids protesting for him and like the real footage and stuff like that. Oh god, Ooh. yeah, like, yeah, we, it, yeah. We remember every second of that movie. Because, <laughs> His... Yeah, yeah, literally, like, yeah, it's like the only things that are re- uh, the only things that reach that. It is kudos to Barry Levinson. Like, yeah. I think that's like the goal too with what he's doing. It's the goal, yeah, because yeah, like, yeah, because the only can't movie... like sugarcoat that shit, that kind of thing. No, for sure, and like, I think like, yeah, the only movies that can reach that level of like, you know, skin crawling. Are movies that do it unintentionally, like Bill Spector, or even like parts of Money Train, where you have the guy who's yeah. the bad guy, the oh, scary Chris Cooper, yeah, really, not Chris like... Cooper, not Chris Cooper, the other guy, the oh the Robert boss. Blake, 
Yeah, Robert, Robert Blake, Blake, where he's Chris there. Chris Cooper, though, firing the gas into the um, the cages. Oh, that's great. See, that's great scary, though. That's not scary. But that's crawling. like a major, lo- major mistake in the movie. Not Like, mm. you come up with a character that good, that yeah. kind of scary, and you get that good of an actor mm. in the mix on there, and then you just dispatch them. Yeah. And then it because this dumb... Oh, Money Train's a disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> that's a movie that could have been so much uh, more. Yeah. I w- I'm with you. We've seen a lot more movies like that than, like, out-and-out stinkers, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, there's still stuff I enjoy. Like, I, you know, the dumb, like, Shaggy song or whatever from Money, like, the Money Train's Coming or whatever. Yeah, I, I, fun I think stuff. That's I mean, yeah. I think the biggest disappointment is probably the punctuation of How Do You Know? Yeah. <laughs> the title. Like, like, where's the question mark? Yeah, get, come on. This is come what on. is this? You you know it as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just saying it's like, how do you know? Like what is that? What, what is it a question? <laughs> yeah. What is what's happening here? Yeah, Ugh. but I think that that kind of sums up that movie on I don't know. Yeah. We don't, I don't know, know what I don't know what I was doing. I'm gonna retire. Yeah, I'm although my, like you I'm know gonna what? count my Simpsons money. <laughs> Even like for all that movie's flaws, I still think positively of Owen Wilson's role. He's good in that movie. Yeah, and it's always nice to see Jack, even when he's coasting. Yeah, oh, hardcore. Yeah, he's he, was, like, he was coasting big time yeah, in that one. Yeah, he was already done by the time yeah, they did that. Movie. The whale is beached, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the green the <laughs> and people are picking up the carcass. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess you know what, what? Like this is a pretty bold one, but as we kind of head toward the tail end here, we're not going to keep everybody forever on this episode. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite movie we've covered? Oh God, that's a hard one. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably too hard. Probably you know too broad. Oh, but you know what? I'm going to do like a here. I'm just going to like uh, list really quickly while I think about it. Just some of the last like little academy academy podcast facts oh yeah i've, I've tabulated uh and we've said like yeah we've watched 151 films don't be afraid to say it's thief of hearts don't be afraid <laughs> oh maybe it's jingle all the way Who knows? <laughs> it's Patrick, after all of patrick's times I, I i've become such a more advanced cinema watcher it's, like, <laughs> yeah, but... no, it's jingle all the way <laughs> yeah no, but but then like, but the i can yeah. i convince kahir do cinema that it's like art and like mm. <laughs> the hunt for Turbo Man is the hunt for man's search for meaning and identity. <laughs> and when his son does not recognize him as Turbo Man, it's his son becoming his own man and letting go of the father in his mm. heart and becoming a large son himself. <laughs> we all are. We all are our we own all, large sons. Exactly, and that's the message of getting all the way. Mm, yes riveting trenchant droll trenchant droll 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 if you will Uh, Uh, call me malcolm gladwell don't (laughs) yeah please please i'd bunge you uh okay here we go we've watched 151 films the time we've spent watching these films and i'm including multiple times watching so like we've watched geely twice for example watched you know, Seppi's Choice four times. We've spent 388 hours and 15 minutes watching these movies for the pod. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, let's see. My wife would know about that. <laughs> uh, average Rotten Tomatoes score is 66%. Uh, mm. Highest Rotten Tomatoes score, The Terminator with 100. Uh, Thief of Hearts with a 0%. Oh, no. That's like, that's rude. Very rude. Uh, average letterbox score is 3.3 so like that's good like our films are positive on average uh, the highest letterbox score you know the godfather 4.54 no. the lowest... <laughs> isn't that crazy 
Yeah, I know. It's surprising. <laughs> Case surprise. Um, yeah. Uh, and then lowest letterbox score is 1.23 with Geely. Ah, uh, buddy. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, again, not hugely, hugely surprised. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the movies you've watched uh, together have garnered 62 Academy Awards, mm. 46 Golden Globes, 27 Ooh. BAFTAs, Ooh. 11 MTV Movie Awards, and <laughs> three Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice uh, Awards. I'm guessing it was for Best Buddies, uh, Scarecrow. Yes, that's funny, Scarecrow. Uh, you know, uh, favorite best villain, uh, Dane DeVito in uh, Hot Dogs for Gogwin. Yeah, here's a surfboard, Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one of those, oh. one of those award shows gives that surfboards. I know. It. Oh, for sure. Uh, I will say the most surprising uh, uh, award of all these is the BAFTA for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, a BAFTA for Best Supporting Actress went to Kate Nelligan and Frankie and Johnny. Yeah, look at that. And Frankie and Johnny, remember. not a bad movie. No, and she was uh, one of the fr- she was one of the friends at um at the coffee shop. See, it should have gone to the other friend. Should have gone to the the that lady know. who was watching the pies or whatever. Yeah, pie lady. Our pie. friend, lady pies. Lady, lady pie. Lady, lady of pie. Yeah, lady <laughs> that's pie. my that's my princess. <laughs> Uh yeah, so there we go. And then I guess like um, do you want to guess which uh cin- cinematographers we've uh, uh ha- have been the most recurring oh, of, of, our, of our movies? Um, oh, it's two. It's got to be the guy who did Dog Day Afternoon. What the hell was her name? Um, uh, Vincent. Uh, yeah, Vincent dude, Kemper. you got it. That's one of them. And um. It um, ball house. Holy shit! You got both of them, <laughs> two for two. <laughs> nice. Dude. Hell yeah! Oh nice my God. work. Cool. Yeah, oh, uh, I can walk away. <laughs> you're free. You're free, genie. Free. You're free. Kicked ass. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because he um, let's see, what did uh, Victor Cage? So Victor J. Kemper, he did uh. I think the thing that put him over the top with us too, funny enough, was like ironically he did a he did jingle all the way, in addition to talk day afternoon, which is like a really funny specific. I see that with a lot of the cinematographers of the seventies. It's like all of a sudden, they're like Beethoven second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy who did a see that one of Space Odyssey is yeah, uh, well, is yeah doing flubber. <laughs> yeah, well, John Alton who did um, you know Barry Lyndon. And stuff like that. He also did like Terror Train and um Vice Squad, one of my favorites. Oh wow. Yeah. With our with our with our Lord and Savior, Wings Hauser. <laughs> May he protect us. Protect us always, Wings. <laughs> yeah, I want his wings. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your wings, wings. Oh man. So the, that's and that's those are all the fun, uh, you know. And of course, the directors that we've seen the most works of are James Cameron and Martin Brest, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Soon to be Ridley Scott. Yeah, soon to be Ridley Scott and Tony. Yeah, Ridley Scott perhaps never to be defeated in this. You know? Yeah, exactly. Unless we do like I don't know, like Scorsese, yeah, or Spielberg Rob- or something like that. Altman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although weird Altman would be fun. His like eighties. 80s uh, out in the desert of cinema. Oh man, like the one where he did like was it like the the Philip Baker Hall Richard Nixon the, movie, which is awesome. Secret Honor, it's so awesome. And we um, my brother and I quote him all the time because at the end, basically, he's talking about all those naysayers. He's like, "Fuck them, 
fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that rules. Phil Baker Hurl. Yeah, so, so one of the good. best to do it. One of the best yeah. to do it. And that was the thing I noticed in Midnight Run is that I think I mentioned this earlier, but um, so he plays Dennis Farina's number two guy at the oh. casino. Yeah. And, and his name is Sidney. And in Paul Thomas Anderson's first movie, Hard Eight, also known as Sidney, Phil Baker Hall plays this old gangster in Vegas named Sidney. So I have to think that PTA was like, what happened to the guy after Dennis Farina got busted? Did he just go and become this like weird old gambler in Vegas? Oh my god. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, Hard yeah. Eight is a stealth midnight run sequel. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> they should do I that think... for like every Martin Press movie. Well, I, I love that. Like I, I know like the, the great one is like Alligator and Jackie Brown yes. being sub uh, possible sequels for mm-hmm. each other. Like the guy and an alligator gets so like, man, I don't want to be a cop anymore. I'm going to bust these alligators and all sorts of shit. He becomes a bail bondsman, and we got to like 20 years later, and he's working in the valley as a bail bondsman. He gets Jackie Brown's case. <laughs> it's so like, it's funny because like it's believable, but it's also it's 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 also just a, a, enough of a stretch for it to be kind of funny. I mean, the, my favorite one of all time is that Sean Connery's character in The Rock is James Bond, and he's been locked up by the U.S. government Ooh, for like twenty years. That's good. Yeah, and then it's like, of course he's awesome. He's James. Yeah, Bond. and of course he's gonna want the, the JFK footage. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because he's like, he's. A, why would he have that? He's a secret agent. He's 007. Yeah, he's giving that shit back to Judy Dench. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Judy's having a ball with it. I have been rewatching the Connery Bonds recently, mm. slowly but surely, and some slappers in the mix, folks. They're fun. They're good. They're pretty fun. They're dated. Oh, yeah. Jen walked in and he was making one of his pickup moves and she, her basic line was, no thanks. She like left the room. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> I mean, the Goldfinger's pretty fun. I mean, the song alone. from Russia with love, they're great. Yeah. You know, but I, I mean, I, I think we have had so much fun covering 150 some odd movies here. And I think we got some really wild ones to come. You know, is it just a tease? You know, we just brought up The Rock at some point in the next 12 months. The Rock has actually been scheduled for an episode. Yes. And it's so. not because of a Nicolas Cage bracket. And yes, it has nothing to do with Nicolas Cage, but it has everything to do with our current universe of trying to define what happened to movies in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, what changed? What changed? What stayed the same? What got who ruined what? Yeah, <laughs> who who is at fault for all of this? Yeah, to what extent is like cinema a, a metaphor a metaphor for America in general? Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. they experienced through between... through action movies. Um, you know, we can promise we are going to cover Avatar: The Way of Water. It oh be, yes, it would be unfair not to. Oh, definitely. We're doing all, all the text, other ones, too. I did get a text from a friend today, too, and suggesting group trip to see the re-release of Avatar. So I'm, that might be on the horizon as well. Uh, we got a lot of really interesting... You know, we're, we're really playing in the world of mainstream here. Not a lot of Hawk Sang Su 
type things to come. But who knows? There might be some bonuses on yeah. the horizon. Yeah, you know, one thing uh, to the first question you asked, or maybe it was the second, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you asked like other things you'd like to do on the podcast, like, um, I think the Han Sing Su thing was great in the sense that we don't like, um, do a lot of foreign films as yeah. as much as and it would just be yeah it'd be cool to like yeah step into some other like worlds for a change um, yeah I agree I mean maybe for the next mini series we'll do a um or even the next actor series we'll do an international yeah performer or director which you know we've talked quite a bit about let us know if there's anyone you'd particularly like to see yeah I mean like yeah in this. Jackie Chan would be good. You know, Michelle Yeoh is big right now. We've talked about Song Kang-ho of uh, Korea. Yeah. It's a possibility because he has made so many bangers over the last 20 years. Um, obviously, there's innumerable French and Italian actors. Oh, for sure. Go down this road with. Yeah. Um, I do. You know, even going to someone like Tosiro Mifune. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. You know. or, or like, um, I don't know if I'd feel confident doing a bracket on an I know so little about Bollywood, but like uh, if we had someone to guide us and like help us dip our toe in it, that would be. Yeah. If if you're a listener out there and you're a real expert in the world of Bollywood, let us know. We'd love to have you on as a guest and give us a, um, you know, a uh, selected overview, a 101 course on Bollywood. We'd love to. We'd love it. I think maybe our perhaps our listeners would love it, too. But I think that that kind of, you know, gets it. You know, we are. Just as enthusiastic, just as big a freaks yep. for movies as we have been at the start of these 100 episodes, and I don't see anything changing there. Right there. Oh no! And I'm like a bigger freak because, like, I don't know. It's so funny. Like, I look at my top 25 list, and like, I feel like it's probably changed at this point since we mm-hmm. made it last. And like, uh, I used to fancy myself a film buff or whatever, and I—I I guess I'm more than the average Joe. But like, this has really expanded my like cinematic knowledge. So I just want to thank you for that, Don. Oh, like, thanks, Patrick. And it's been really fun going out and checking out these things and standing on the corner after oh, the movie server, like raving about them. Oh, I love it. Yeah, same. I love like talking about the last detail or you know, girlfriends for sure. Yeah, and just like. Because you know, each time out, there's just this like, this is this really wonderful, exciting feeling when you start one of these movies. You know, maybe not Sophie's Choice for the fourth time. But, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, then that's what we're trying to do each week is to try and get something a little different, a little bit. You know, we covered Heat, but you know, not do do all the stuff everybody else does that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to, like, you know, do things a little off the beaten path. Like, mm-hmm. not entirely off it, but, like, you know, just Something like... Something about this guy's a little off. A little yeah. weird. You know? yeah. call, uh, call us Dr. Strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call me the Thief of Hearts. Yeah, the Thief of That guy's a little peculiar. Something's up with this lad. So we've got this guy. He's going to be a hero character. He's dark. He's sexy. He's mysterious. I mean, this script, he's just kind of like a weird, pervy psycho. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. wasn't what we were going for at all. Let's make the movie anyway. Yeah, <laughs> eh, whatever. Eh, what the, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> It'll be fine. More cocaine, sir. Yeah, more cocaine, sir. <laughs> yeah, pass the goblet of cocaine. <laughs> the jeweled goblet. And the jeweled, go- Don Simpson's jeweled goblet of cocaine. Yeah. But yeah, expect more Tony Scott, more Ridley Scott, more Don Simpson, more Jerry Bruckheimer. 
and the rest of the gang, you know, coming up. We got some cool movies on the horizon. Next week, we dive back hard, hard into Scott Scott with Ridley Scott's film Legend. Mm. The week after that, a neo-noir double feature, Someone to Watch Over Me and Revenge. Both Scott brothers return. And then the week after that, which should be a true barn burner, we take a look at Top Car itself, (laughs) Days of Thunder. Oh, hell yeah. And the fun is just going to continue. These movies get crazy. Like, I, I am so excited because, I mean, I've never seen Legend, but I've never seen somebody watch over me. I've never seen Revenge. So we got some fun ones to come, I think. I'm excited. I haven't, yeah, I don't, I don't think yet. Uh, I've seen Legend recently. I have seen, but I haven't seen Daves of Thunder or Revenge. So, like, I'm excited. There's yeah. some cool stuff on the corner, around the corner. Absolutely. So, I want to thank. All the listeners who've hung with us for all 100, if you're new, welcome aboard. Check out some of the old ones. we got some cool, fun old ones. I mean, the Willem Dafoe episode, the Hong Sang Soo episode, the James Cameron series, mm. all uh, really fun ones, let alone any of the tournaments or whatever. And we promise that we will revisit the idea of a tournament bracket. Yeah, maybe in 2023. <laughs> in 2023, probably. Yeah, is the, <laughs> is the way the schedule unless we decide like we absolutely need like a Simon West sub-series or something. Yeah. <laughs> he directed Con Air. <laughs> yes, uh, Simon West. That'd be so, I'd be down with it. Yeah, exactly. That that that's how these that's how these series come about. I don't know, okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, an Alex Proyas miniseries? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anything any, anything's anything's on the table folks but yeah. we thank you all for listening all the way through and we'll see you next week with regularly scheduled programming um uh, bye and how do you know uh i know through spanglish but how do you know I, well i'm fluent in spanglish you can't tell how you know because i'm not there's no there's no um enunciation there's no you know we're not i'm not i'm not putting any hard words out there here i this is a completely blank slate how do you know oh. how how can you say how do you know without a question mark uh, like even dialogue wise how I do you know how, how do you say that is <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> we'll see you next over. week we'll see you next week <laughs>